Thank you for joining Mind Your Brain. The mission of this podcast is to improve the quality of life for those affected by a brain injury. We know your struggles and we're devoted to helping you find your own road to recovery. The Mind Your Brain Foundation website has a podcast library, a list of exceptional resources, providers, and links to our Mind Your Brain at free conferences. So check it out. Go to our website, mindyourbrainfoundation.org. Today, we're going to talk about love and lick therapy. Hi, my name is Candace Gant. I'm a brain injury survivor and founder of Mind Your Brain at Penn Medicine Conferences and the executive director of the Mind Your Brain Foundation. I am also proud to be on the board of the Brain Injury Association of Pennsylvania. Today, my guest is Nicole Rudderow from Comfort Caring Canines Therapy Dogs, Incorporated, CCC, we'll call that today. They are a dedicated group of volunteers who share the love of their certified canine companions with others in our community. CCC dogs come in all shapes, sizes, visits, and visits range from just a simple exchange of smiles and wagging tails to obedience demonstrations and tricks. So this is a very exciting topic for me since I firsthand had the distinct pleasure of being loved and licked by therapy dogs during my recovery from a brain injury. It was just pure joy. So Nicole, thank you for joining us on our podcast today. Thanks for having me. So excited to be here. So Nicole, could you tell us about Comfort Caring Canines and those beautiful dogs I saw on your website? Sure, of course. So CCC, which is we abbreviate, you know, all of our comfort caring canines, we're a nonprofit organization that's completely volunteer run, which is the really cool thing about us. So everything from the website to social media to all of the visits and all of the emails and all of the work and time that we put in at Comfort Caring Canine is completely volunteer. So we are based specifically in the Southeastern PA, New Jersey, and Delaware. So we are pretty big and we are considered to be a local therapy dog group. So there's Therapy Dogs International, and then there's also Therapy Dog Alliance. Those are two of the big ones that actually are completely nationwide. So Comfort Caring Canine is pretty cool because if you live in the surrounding Southeastern PA, such as, you know, myself, we could kind of get the ability to choose who we get to volunteer with at which facilities we get to volunteer with and, you know, which populations we really get to volunteer with. So therapy dogs and handlers, which they work in teams and they visit various different facilities, such as schools, hospitals, libraries, universities, senior care facilities, and they provide visits to improve the basic days and just bring general happiness to all those that they visit with. Oh, that is so sweet. I like how I can feel it in your voice that your passion for what you do. How are therapy dogs trained? Can my dog at home uh, he's just loving and sweet. Uh, could they be a therapy dog? Sure. You know, I get that question a lot. Um, and each, how I answer it is each therapy animal is different and honestly is usually can be handpicked for the perfect setting. 
So for example, younger dogs, such as more active dogs, when my, like my Paisley, I volunteer with her. She is my black lab who we volunteer with. She's about four. But when we began training, she was only a year and a half old. So she was a bit more antsy and had a bit more energy. So the one-on-one settings were not as easy for her. So larger group settings with various different types of people where she can kind of move around a bit more, that was better for her back then. Versus I have a lot of, you know, we have some older dogs who kind of, you know, quote unquote, are more chill dogs who are better for like even a a hospice setting, hospital, or just a one-on-one specific visit. Um, Something where you're in the room for more than, you know, more than an hour or so is sometimes better for dogs who have a little bit more experience, we could even say as well. Mm -hmm. And is it usually that an hour visit that is in your schedule? So, you know what? It's each setting is different. And this is the unique part about what we do. I've been at events where they've been all day. I've been at events where they have been 30 minutes. It really depends on the setting. So I've, you know, like group events, those can sometimes last for all day, but the good thing about being, you know, and I can speak to this as a therapy dog handler it really is the connection that you have as the handler with your dog and knowing your dog and how much your dog can handle. Like when my dog was younger, she could only probably do more than like, you know, an hour and a half after that, it was time to go home. Cause she was getting a little antsy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, basic qualities, I think of a good therapy dog and can include a lot of, you know, things that you can see at your dog at home, which is just general attention to like, the person that they're with to the, you know, client, patient, the person being visited, just general overall happiness. That's that temperament that I'll probably speak to later. Um, excitement to want to be with a person, you know, in general, you think about the signs that you know, that your dog is, is having fun or is, is really enjoying themselves. Desire. I think to want to please is a big one too. And it's funny being a good listener. And I even see, say to being a good reader of emotion kind of goes along with as a dog, having a good nose, mm-hmm. which is the science behind why therapy animals actually work. And specifically with dogs, it's about hormones because they can smell when you're upset, sad, stressed, all based on literally how we smell. Interesting. You have to tell us a little bit more about that. That's really fascinating that they have this sixth sense. For sure. And tell us who does the training for your therapy dogs? So how does that work? It's, it, it's again, it's interesting because we're all volunteer run. So it really is based on the handler. So the motivation from the handler. So that's the owner of the dog mm-hmm. is really, I think the person that does the most work. And, and to be honest with you, outside of the handler, it's the dog's willingness and receptiveness to want to be trained. So the two most important things, think about obedience, which is something that can be taught, right? We can all teach our dogs at home how to, the basic commands, sit, stay down, you know, fetch some of those things Mm -hmm. versus temperament. That's something that the dog is born with. So for example, I can use, you know, my dog Paisley, she was born with a temperament. 
she's a working dog. I knew that she had such a great temperament that this dog, I have, I almost said, I have to share her with the world. The obedience part, you know, that's something that can be taught. And as a younger dog, I think a lot of people have this misconception that you can't teach your dog how to be a therapy dog. And that's actually, if they have the temperament part, Mm-hmm. I personally believe that you can train your dog. If the dog and you are willing to put the time in, you can teach that dog how to become a really good therapy dog. Just going to take a lot of time and effort. Mm-hmm. Nice. I like the willingness that they have to be willing to, to be in that environment and be receptive to that training. So how does the scheduling work? I know that you visit a lot of different places to help out and bring the comfort caring canines. How does the schedule work? Do you work Monday through Friday or many days during the week? And how many dogs are there that go out each day? So this is something unique, especially with with COVID. Things have been a little bit different um, because of visiting a lot of our facilities right now. We can't get into a lot of the places that we normally would just with COVID. And we're just beginning to really revisit with vaccinated, you know, a lot of our vaccinated handlers, and then actually, you know, keep an eye on the dog as well. Um, But outside of COVID, it's, it kind of works on your schedule. So we have a lot of what, you know, retirees who they kind of, this becomes their daily thing during the week, you know, and then people like me who, who work a full-time job and really just do this as their passion um, outside as a volunteer, And then I am very unique in the situation where I actually work, you know, as a mental health therapist, as a clinical psychotherapist who also does animal assisted therapy in her work every day. I have a very unique perspective because I can kind of combine the two. And not only can I use that in my professional world, but I take what I do outside of work and use my therapy animal and work as a volunteer and do it on the weekends as well. So a normal person who isn't a therapist who, you know, our normal hand handler dog teams, I have some of them who will go out once, you know, twice a week, a couple times a month, because it is all volunteer based. You have to reach a minimum amount of hours each year to continue with your title as you know, so that they can kind of really, the dogs can remember as well as the handlers, their training. Um, but after, after you meet that minimum amount of hours, it's completely up to the team as they work together, depending upon what's going on, you know, in life when things get crazy. And as we can see over the past couple of, you know, through COVID what has happened. Um, but it's really great. I will say now to kind of see a lot of the the teams who have been at home for a really long time, kind of using their, their therapy animals throughout the, their time at home in quarantine, now getting back to sharing, I think a lot of their, their really great dogs with the rest of the community, which is really great to see. Indeed. Indeed. I think we're all excited about this opening our community opening up. And so tell us about your visits. What is the role of the dog in the medical or rehabilitation center schools, retirement communities? What do they actually do? Sure. So their role, the dog's role specifically in the therapy work really is to just improve the overall quality of life. And really in, in many short visits, the quality of the day of those that they're interacting with. So as I kind of shared before, a lot of the times dogs will kind of, you know, quote unquote, read the room or really 
smelling out really, they smell out the person that they're working with and they kind of go and do their work. I tell, you know, it's funny. I tell my dog go to work and she knows, you know, whether it's giving kisses or asking for pets, you know, performing some sort of tricks, Mm -hmm. even just, I think the biggest thing is providing a distraction a lot of the time just from the person, whether it's being at that specific, you know, if they're in a hospice setting or persons in a rehabilitation setting, um, I, we work a lot with students who, you know, are just in a difficult time. We work with a lot of the professionals at a school and sometimes, you know, a counseling setting or in a retirement setting, it's each week, the dogs come, you know, a certain hour and they get to visit with the dogs. It's just kind of, it, it's a daily activity that really uplifts a lot of uplifts their spirits. Kind of a mental health therapy to help. That's a therapy. Yep. That's exactly it. And that's, I think from my perspective as a mental health clinician, it really is cool to understand the science behind why it works and seeing it in person and just all of, all of why it works and how cool the patients can benefit. And what is the why, why, why does it work? So the best way that I can explain it, there's three chemicals that are the most important here. And what happens really is within a few short minutes of a positive interaction between both the dog and a human, those three levels of the chemicals on our brain, which are oxytocin, endorphins, and dopamine in both the human and the dog immediately and significantly rise. So in many, many, many studies, you know, I could quote a bunch of them, but, but if you study animal assisted therapy in any capacity, you will learn that 90% of the time, all of those endorphins, endorphins, oxytocin and dopamine levels in the brain will always increase in both the dog and the human. So dopamine. So think of dopamine as the reward pleasure center. Mm-hmm. Then you have endorphins, which is helps to relieve pain. So if you're in any sort of pain, that's immediately going to go away. And then oxytocin, which I call, and is kind of used a lot in research as the cuddle hormone, quote unquote, which really is a, it's a, you kind of have this soothing, calming principles, and it also reduces stress. So all of that is occurring just while you're petting a dog. And not only is that happening for you, but it's happening inside of the dog as well. That's great news that yes, it's a win-win. It is a win-win. You learn about, you know, the mutually beneficiary relationships in certain types of animals. You never would think that, you know, why you, you know, that your dog loves you, but now you actually understand why your dog loves you when you come home from a long day at work. I love it. Their chemicals are there elevating their chemicals and it releases this, this enthusiasm, the excitement, the pleasure. That's, uh, well, that's, that really is exciting to me that know that it's rewarding for both, both the person and the dog. And the dog. Yes, that's for sure. So great. So can, how do I get a therapy dog to come see me? Is that possible? They can come to your home or are you just going out to facilities? 
So Comfort Caring Canine, we just for liability issues, we really are based in the community, but we do a really great job. I have that email. I'll come across the board all the time. That comes across as a question for us a lot. And we do a really good job at connecting people who want in more individualized visits with connecting them with facilities within their community and as kind of like a meeting place. The coolest thing I think about Comfort Caring Canine is that if a facility is willing to work with us, mm-hmm. then we virtually then have an environment to create this relationship and then build within the community. So it's it doesn't, yes, we have that individualized visit so that person can kind of really gain all of the benefits from a therapy dog, you know, visit, but then we also create connections within the community. That's why we've become so big that we just keep growing. It's remarkable. So would that, would would this be a good setting to have them come to a support group perhaps for brain injury survivors? That would be a perfect setting for them to come to. Perfect. So I'm going to make those recommendations. And then is there a cost involved? in having the dog visit us? Absolutely no cost. So we are again, completely volunteer based. So not only are those dogs really working, you know, and they're having a good time, but their humans are working just as much and they care for the patients, the people that they are visiting with as well. And I think that that's one of the coolest parts about what we do. Absolutely. And can you tell us again, the website the, uh, so that anybody listening can go and learn some more information about your, your foundation. Sure. Very basic comfort, caring canines.org. Three words, no spaces, three words, no spaces. And we are again, because we're all volunteer based, mm-hmm. it's one of us who has been in the community, who's going to be reaching out and looking at your email, coming across it and then responding to you. So I often will get, I will often get messages, you know, from certain uh, people interested in therapy visits, you know, like I kind of, like you mentioned about house visits that are very interested in, in working with their son or their, you know, daughter in a specific setting in a specific Mm -hmm. way, because they've, they've been touched by a therapy animal before they're very interested. And although again, we can't necessarily come to the home, we can create a connection and then grow in a certain way where we can help that person a lot of the times connect to different resources in the community in which we're aware of that can almost help their, you know, help out the person that's interested really from benefiting from the therapy in general. So it's pretty cool that not only are the ones who are really answering all of the questions out there mm-hmm. all of the time in the community working, it's not just a computer who's going to be answering your answers. Um, so I think that's a really cool part about what we do as well. Indeed it is. It's great. And so I I can't thank you enough for telling us about the amazing work you do. It's an absolute pleasure talking with you. And and I thank you for that website again. And if our listeners want an immediate smile on their face to overcome discouragement or a down day, which we all have, you can go to Comfort Caring Canines website and look at the pictures of the dog. It's immediate happiness that will well over you and poof, it's, it's happiness therapy that you can have right from home. Thank you again for joining us, Nicole. Of course, it was such a pleasure and it was awesome talking with you. And we hope to hear from some of your listeners. Thanks. 
And to our listeners, please share this podcast. There are millions that are still struggling that you could help by providing this information. You can be a partner with us and follow us on Instagram and learn more about the mission of Mind Your Brain and be an advocate and a voice for the invisible. Please join us in making a difference in the world. Please support us financially if you're able. Go to our website and click donate. We have 3,500 listeners and growing by 400 new members each month. Thank you so much since, since January. So you're a small army of survivors. And I hope you can help us fight this fight of getting resources to the vulnerable and underserved sisters and brothers and friends and neighbors in your community. So I know you're all recovery warriors out there. Here's my virtual hug. You are not invisible to us.